Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Christina Wolfram. Thank you for joining us, Christina. Oh, I'm thrilled. You are, I believe, as you said, a, a maker of things on the internet. Yep, that's me. <laughs> awesome. Well, Christina's joining us today for episode 15. We're going to be talking about Return of the Jedi. This movie, I'm sure, is uh, embedded in all of our childhoods, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, just a couple of preliminaries before we jump in. This is directed by Richard Marquand, or Marquand, or something like that. <laughs> Written by Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas, with the story from George Lucas. Came out the 25th of May, 1983. Uh, the detail that, you know, you've heard about a lot, I, I can't ignore, is that after David Lynch and David Cronenberg turned this down, they got Richard Marquand, who... It looks like he was hired on the strength of a movie he did called Eye of the Needle. I guess George Lucas liked the suspense in that movie. Uh, Richard Marcon died a few years after this movie came out. His son, James, is also a director and unfortunately worked for a few years as Joe Esterhaz's editor, <laughs> which is a shame. Um, I, I just I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess I can't imagine being like, hey, I'm the guy who edited Basic Instinct or whatever. I guess that wasn't Esterhaz, but like whatever the movies after that that Esterhaz did. <laughs> All right. Well, Marco, it sounds like you have some thoughts. You want to kick off your opening statement? Uh, so uh, Return of the Jedi or the original title Revenge of the Jedi. I I love this movie. Um, it is, it's a hard movie to follow. Empire Strikes Back, which is perfect. And this movie has Ewoks and the special edition has that bizarre Jabba dance number, which is just adding to the problematic. Um. But the movie starts off as a Western, turns into a pirate movie before becoming like a, a heist movie and then like a wilderness smoking the bandit chase movie and then like a full on family drama space opera. Um, <laughs> I, I this is a complete entertainment movie for me. I I love it. I mean, I think you can see there was a lot of like problems in the pre-production phase, which kind of bled over. Um, you don't get a lot of like seeing Luke's journey and training to become a Jedi. You get like no training montages. But you do get a lot of emotional beats, and I don't know, it's it's still a satisfying conclusion to Star Wars, so I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. What about you, Christina? Um, well, I wanted to say that I hadn't seen these movies in years. Hmm. Um, I first saw them um, when the prequels started coming out. My dad was like, before you go with your friends to that movie theater, <laughs> I got to show you something. And we went to Blockbuster and rented all three and watched all three in one weekend. And it was awesome. Um, but then over the years, you know, I would see like it would be kind of the movie playing at a party or kind of in the background. So I would see kind of clips of things. I feel like I hadn't really seen like the whole movies in so long. Mm. So when I watched um, Return of the Jedi, I just watched that on its own and immediately was like sucked in. And then right after I went and watched the first one <laughs> and um <laughs> I don't feel like I can call myself like a hardcore fan, but with like by the time Darth Vader's theme song started playing, I was like, just take me away. Like whatever, whatever you got for me, I'm with you. <laughs> so it was, it was really enjoyable. Um, I'm excited to talk about the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I also realized that I like, I didn't realize I was watching the special edition until Hayden Christensen, Christensen showed up at the end, 
And I, oh boy. Yeah. I'm curious, when you first watched the movies way back before the prequels, were those the special editions too? No, they were, I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. I remember a different ghost at the end. I think it would have been a different one then, yeah. Because they they, do special editions, really, right? Yeah, they changed the special edition some more in the mid two thousands. Do you remember? Was the whole like uh, musical sequence in the version you watched? I don't think so, because Mm. when I watched that this time, I was like, (laughs) "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) "Yeah." All right, well, I'll give my my opening <laughs> statement. Um, I think the first act of this movie is enjoyable, but it's really weird. It doesn't totally feel like Star Wars. I think the second act kind of drags, and we spend too much time with the Ewoks, but I think the third act is so good that I pretty much just forgive the other two acts. <laughs> uh, just reading some of the trivia on IMDb, you kind of get the impression that behind the scenes of production was a disaster, mm-hmm. and it seemed like Lucas just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> so I think this movie ends up, it's really choppy and disjointed, probably the most of the original films. Um, and there's a lot of s- kind of just odd story problems, but I think it finishes on such a high note with some of the best material in the whole series that you just kind of forgive it. I mean, I probably, I, I'd say I mostly like the Ewoks once the fighting begins, but it does seem like we spend too much time on Endor. Um, but I think it was probably the right time to end this series. It seemed like the actors were a little checked out, especially Harrison Ford. But um, yes. overall, I'd say satisfying. And it's going to be really neat to see how The Force Awakens kind of picks up the story thread from here. Yes. I, I feel like rewatching this, like there's a period in Harrison Ford's life here where he was dangerously close to like going into like his Chevy Chase phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, I feel like he has the best chemistry with C-3PO because he can just shit on that droid all he wants. Like, all of his frustrations get taken out on that that goldenrod, you know, program. (laughs) Okay, well, let's go into our top three moments. Any honorable mentions? Um, For me, my number four moment would be, like, like Vader and Luke fighting in the throne room. Like, Luke is more aggressive and skilled before. He's even kicking Vader down the stairs and Palpatine is just like cackling and like coaching him on and like doing this like like doom narration, doom commentary, and then of course it ends with like Vader like throwing his lightsaber at the scaffolding. I don't know, it just all of that stuff in the throne room, I was so hooked, even though I mm-hmm. see now how choppy and elongated, like unnecessarily elongated it is. I mean, Ian McDermott must be saying like like some variation of the same four lines for I don't know how long <laughs> on that set. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. give in to your hate, strike me down. No, give him to your hate. Give him to your aggressiveness. Kill him. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. You know, and it's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's great, and I still love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's start with number three then. Uh, Christina, you want to go first? Yes. Um, my number three moment was the moment when one of the Ewoks, or I guess there's a pair of Ewoks, are running away and there's an explosion and one of them dies (laughs) and when the other one gets up and then looks back and it's almost as if he's never seen any Ewok die before right? and just throws himself at the body of his friend because up to that point I kind of was was thinking oh these Ewoks are kind of a joke and Mm -hmm. the fact that like I there are they all kids in there I had to look up. I immediately needed to know who was in those costumes. I think some of them are just little people. 
Um, oh, yeah. Amazing. They, they all deserved, I thought that was like, I, I, I kind of teared up and I was like, if those little teddy bears can make me tear up, then this is a good movie. <laughs> There's something so, I don't know, just immediately endearing about them in the same way that cinematically, like the munchkins were fucking terrifying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like for a moment there, it was like saving Private Ryan. I almost expected that Ewok to pick up like the severed limb of his friend and start crying or something. <laughs> yeah, or uh, start fighting with it. Yeah, <laughs> and throw it at a, at a stormtrooper. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three is when the Rebel fleet assembles and jumps to light speed. Uh, it's about two thirds of the way through the movie. I know I used to have this like recorded on VHS way back in the day off TV. That was usually when I would start watching this movie. I would just fast forward to that point. Because um, that's when the like, kind of the final act, the, the fun part of the movie really kicks in. Uh, and I just mm. always like the whole fleet jumping to light speed at once. It looked really cool. Mm. Um, my number three moment is actually moments moments after my number four moment, which when Luke is hiding, he's trying to be like Zen Chill. Vader's just taunting him, reading his mind, you know, about Leia. Uh, the same sister that Vader, you know, tortured for info in the first movie. And then Luke loses his shit and like really starts to attack Vader, uh, which is what the Emperor wanted. And you get John Williams' score, which is big and epic and tragic and gorgeous, uh, leading to Luke like basically beating Vader down and chopping off his hand. Like just all of that. I don't know. I just, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I promise I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> that music though. Mm -hmm. oh. That's one of my favorite pieces of, of the music. So right good. there, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, you're number, number two. two. Mm -hmm. You ready? Mm -hmm. Um, the battle scene. Oh, you're gonna have to excuse if I pronounce any of these names That's wrong. Right. Um, <laughs> at the Sarlacc. Am I saying mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Um, when R two D two reveals the lightsaber, <laughs> even though like after I finished the movie, I was thinking, why didn't Luke just carry his lightsaber the entire time? Just that reveal, I, I cheered. Mm -hmm. I thought they might have to like cut their way out of that monster somehow. <laughs> so when he revealed that lightsaber, it was just kind of like, it's on. It was mm -hmm. really good. So my, I'm just going to jump in real quick. My number two is, and I'm tempted to say everything on Tatooine. Like, uh, cause I, I <laughs> love that. I keep forgetting it. it's like 40 minutes long. Um, but like everything from like Re Leia rescuing the Han, you know, is one moment. Luke and Han, like, immediately broing down to like you know i was born here you know and you're gonna die here you know convenient like the plan you know i loved it as a kid the plan watching it now is ludicrous it's awful like it's like i just wanted to see like the planning session the meetings where they all huddle around like maps and a table and some jazz is playing and like luke's like here's plans a through q they're all destined to fail Plan R is when R2 shoots out the lightsaber at that point. That's when it's on, you guys, on the pleasure barge or whatever. Honestly, I didn't even realize they planned that. I thought Luke <laughs> and Leia like must have had two different plans and they just happened to kind of meet up there. That, that would make, make more sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. Because Luke just shows up and basically he tries to like bully and use his mind trick on Jabba and when that doesn't work, he just grabs a gun and tries to shoot him. It's like, that was your plan? Yeah, right? Why didn't he just use a lightsaber at that point? But, I mean, good suspense. Well, like, if you didn't know Luke had changed since the last movie, it, it hit me the hardest when he's just like, it's the last mistake you'll ever make, Jabba. And I was like, holy shit, Luke. Mm. Like, 
You're like this country bumpkin from some desert planet. <laughs> threatening crime lords. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so my number two. Oh, I did want to give an honorable mention. Uh, just when 3 is telling his story to the Ewoks about, you know, our, our heroes and what they've been doing. I like that scene. When he's uh, acting out the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two would be when the Ewoks, they kind of like unleash their, their various siege weapons on Rocks. the Empire. The catapults and like the swinging logs and the like that trap of logs that like trips up one of the walkers. I, I just like really like that moment. Mm-hmm. When they go straight up home alone. <laughs> I was thinking more of like maybe uh, Ernest goes to camp, but you know. <laughs> I mean, Another- Another Criterion classic. When you watch that movie and you're like eight or nine years old, that stuff all just seems really cool. Yeah. Well, it's still cooler than like Jar Jar and the Gungans and everything at the end of Phantom Menace. It yeah. still works more effectively, I think. I don't know. Okay, so what are we on? Have you done two yet, Marco? Yeah, I did. I jumped in on my number two. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. what's your number one, Christina? My number one is the whole first scene. I love how they um, start with showing the Death Star and it's kind of like, oh shit, I thought that blew up. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then the fact that they kind of show the process on how to get through the shield, that you need the code and everything, and that comes back later. And then that Vader theme song, just the second that started playing, it like resonates in my chest, like, it, like, like fear. It's mm-hmm. so good. And I just thought... He, um, like the fear in the officer's eyes as he was waiting for Darth to come give him, you know, whatever news he had. Mm-hmm. So good. And then when he says that the Emperor's coming, just, I don't know, you just, you know, everyone's going to end up in the same room. Yeah. And that I think's the scariest. That's, that suspense, I really feel like it carries through to the end. So I thought that was really good groundwork. I really love- good music. I love the the lump you can hear form in the guy's throat, and he's like, "We shall double our efforts." You know, yes, it's like, yes. <laughs> it's perfect. He's like, th- he's like thinking about all his kids at home. He's mm. just like, "Oh crap." <laughs> I, I I like that there's like a there's a subtext throughout these movies though about like Vader and Palpatine's like their management styles, which is essentially just fear and murder. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and I noticed in the first movie, I feel like. Um, Darth Vader was so barky. He kind of was always at like an eight and then he was most dangerous at a 10. That's when he kind of got quiet mm-hmm. and scary. But here he's, you can't tell if he's at a two or if he's at a 10. Right. Like, is he, he's at a simmer and it's terrifying. Yeah. It's funny. He, he shows up. He's basically like a project manager. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get you <laughs> back on schedule. It's like, mm-hmm. in addition to being a dark Lord of the Sith and a pilot, he also, you know, does management. <laughs> Well, like, can you just picture him, like, taking someone aside and be like, you've been missing a lot of work lately. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Darth. And then he just, like, force chokes out this guy. Uh, uh, my number one moment here, no shocker, is when Luke helps Vader take off the mask so Anakin can see his son with his own eyes for the first time. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Shaw is great of his great broken voice and his, like, heavy, sad eyes. Um, possibly I feel like the most intense thing you can say to a person is you were right about me. Um, with such like weight, like tell your sister you were right about me. I don't know. Like, I, I love it. It's, it's thank God they didn't put like Hayden Christensen <laughs> in that moment too. I, it would have killed me. That would have hurt me more than the whole force ghost thing at the end. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just it all culminates in that moment. Like you could say, that all six movies are heading right there. I love it. All right, my number one would be uh, Wedge and Londo making their Death Star run into Belly of the Beast there, and just the way it, it they it, you know the reactor explodes and they have to zoom out. It just it all looks so cool. Um, I just I love that whole inner trench run there. Okay, well, any complaints? Uh, I have a big one. Okay. Leah's hair pieces did not match her natural hair, and it was driving me nuts. I just felt like she deserved more. Any particular hairstyles you're thinking of? Oh, any of the ones where she has a braid right here, and then the long hair, uh, the braid at the crown of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, this, all the stuff in the front is clearly her real hair because it's darker. Mm. And then the rest of it is like kind of a red, which is beautiful. But I just wish someone had been looking out for her. <laughs> just draw me crazy. You know, I feel like that went completely over my head for like decades. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin it for you. I just couldn't stop seeing it. <laughs> I just was so distracted. I like it's well, like as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right." Like I cried at the Ewok dying, but then I couldn't like pay attention during <laughs> Leia's like big scenes because I mean, not not really, but I really wish someone had had fixed that for her. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of one of my complaints: the whole everything at Jawa's Palace, it doesn't feel like it's connected to the rest of the story at all. No. It's like. It almost feels like it could be a, like a one-off like TV special or something. <laughs> special. Yeah, it, it feels like a like a Disney theme park version of Star Wars. Everything's just a little too kind of cute with like the droid torture and the weird guards. Droid like torture. <laughs> it it just doesn't totally feel like Star Wars to me. I mean, it's enjoyable and whatnot, but it it's like here's this totally separate thing, and then we're gonna get back to the main story. I would argue that. Yes and no. Like the moment when the Rancor dies and his like grossly overweight, weird looking, fetishized keeper comes running out and he's broken up, like his whole world's been destroyed. I was like watching this again and I was like, Oh my god, that's that's fucking ridiculous. That's the worst thing in Star Wars. And then I thought, that's the most Star Wars thing ever. Like everybody loves somebody, and this fucker mm-hmm. loves this giant shit monster. that's a beautiful way of thinking about that but like to me the whole movie feels like an encapsulation like a summary video of like the final season of the tv show version of star wars like here's the two episodes at the start of the season of Jabba's palace and here's everything in between um there's some editing issues i feel like i feel like some or maybe it's going back to the script like you could have condensed a lot of the throne room stuff i think i mean you're you're really getting mired in like luke's I don't know, despair as he watches the battle and he thinks his friends are dying on Endor, but mm. it, it, I don't know. It's like a lot of that could just been pushed together into one thing. Oh, and I do want to say, um, apparently they filmed like a whole set of dialogue and characters and whatnot with some female X-Wing pilots and then they just cut them out because they're like, oh, audiences don't want to see a woman die, which just seems pretty weak to me huh. that they, they went as far as actually filming it and everything and had like a, a character there is one of the pilots who went away on the Death Star run and kind of went off in another direction. She eventually died and they just cut all that out. That seemed pretty weak to me. Hmm. Yeah, I would have liked to see that. For sure. Imagine that like, the special features just featured her like flying out of a shaft at the last minute and she's <laughs> the one who fires the shot. Oh, people go <laughs> ape shit over that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do think we spent a little too much time with the Ewoks too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we really needed to get to know them quite that well. Yeah. Yeah, the whole tribal <laughs> thing. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to laugh or be scared or whatever. I, I definitely didn't feel like they were in any danger for yeah. real. Mm-hmm. No, even when the one dies. I don't know. Like, I still was just like, that's really cute. As he's like mourning over his friends. I almost want him to do the thing where like he lifts his head up to the sky and just wails. And like that, that like carries over the soundtrack for a moment. Like, I really wanted them to play with the grief and then cut back to C3PO saying something funny. Um, yeah. Well, when they're like about to be like barbecued or whatever, it's like, you, you know, that's not going to happen. It just, especially on a rewatch, you're kind of like, all right, just get on with it. You know, it's not fun to watch like other parts of the movie well there's so many moments where you're just waiting for luke to use the force especially mm-hmm. on endor especially on Jabba's palace i mean like it seems like magneto in the x-men movies is more powerful mm-hmm. with some of the stuff than than luke skywalker which feels faulty to me i don't know yeah i'm with you um also i just you can't get over like the clickishness of han's group mm-hmm. like i feel like everyone else in the rebellion their lives are forfeit at any moment, except for Han and his his like team. They're just hanging out. His A team. Sorry. No. <laughs> just rambling about. <laughs> well, since you mentioned Luke, I wanted to just kick off a just kind of general discussion here throughout this topic. Um, how do you make a character a Jedi without turning them into kind of a humorless drip? Because I've been thinking about this with Episode Seven coming up, and it's like Ray and Finn both seem pretty cool, but like. If they become Jedis, will they suddenly become... Because Luke is okay in, in Jedi, but he's kind of like... He's like the guy who's going to tell you not to stay out too late now. You know, He's just like, oh, I'm so serene and calm. And it's like, can you still be a fun character and be a Jedi? I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, Obi-Wan Kenobi was such a fun character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he had such a good sense of humor, I thought. Mm-hmm. So I Yoda should too. hope so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a Luke thing, because I don't think Luke... I mean, they're not really training him to do anything. You know, I mean, he leaves Dagobah at the end of Empire, told, like, you know, you have to stay and complete your training. He comes back to Dagobah in this movie. Training is over. I don't know what he's been doing for a year. He's dressed like he's going to a funeral constantly. Um, You could almost argue that, like, well, Han especially, but Leia, everyone's having a great time, you know, as they're about to go on this suicide mission, except for Luke. It's kind of a killjoy. I shouldn't have come. I shouldn't. I mean, do you do you think that's because of the news? Do you think he's just grappling with who he is? His, his yeah, dad? I guess he's got a lot on his mind. Mm. Yeah, he's kind of just like, like you know, don't don't use your weapons, Han, and you know, I'm I'm endangering the mission. I should have come. I have to leave, and it's like, hey, Luke, fuck up a little. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel I, I, when I was thinking about it later. I felt like Luke was a kind of felt like he was sacrificing himself by going, mm. mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like that at all. It wasn't like when Harry like leaves to go sacrifice himself to Voldemort. It wasn't like that. I didn't feel like he felt like his mission was a suicide mission. I was actually more worried about everyone else. So I don't know about that. Mm. All right. Well, general discussion. You guys got any, any topics you want to discuss? Um, I have, a lot of stuff about 
every little bit of the movie. Real quick, going into Force Awakens, though, I just have to bring this up. You've seen the trailers where, like, the Adam Driver character is one on one with that melted helmet. I'm still, like, this is the thing I'm most curious about that movie is what basis is he obsessed with Darth Vader? Like, is he, like, obsessing over, like, old, like, Vader op eds in the Empire Daily Journal? Is he watching, like, those clips on YouTube when Vader was on Charlie Rose talking about order and security? I mean, was he even born by the time Vader died and was, like, Viking funeraled on Endor? I, I, that's the thing that I'm just so curious about, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, this is totally unrelated, but I was just reading this in the trivia. Apparently, John Williams' son, Joseph Williams, was in. The, he's the lead singer of Toto. I don't know if you remember that band from the what? 80s. Africa? Yeah. Africa. Of course. And he apparently what? collaborated and wrote some of the lyrics for the Ewok song at the end of the movie. Oh, oh that makes total sense. Yeah. There that's, we go. That was such a weird detail. I don't know how I never knew that before, that the, his son was in Toto. <laughs> you would get invited to parties for the rest of your life on that that conversation topic alone. <laughs> wrote the Yub Yub song? Yeah, I wrote the Yub Yub song. Well, yeah, what's the lyrics to that? It's basically just yub-yub. I'm still cashing checks. I was always fascinated by the way they used the Stormtrooper helmets as drums. I remember when I was a yeah. kid, I, I think I I thought that like that was like their heads, like they just decapitated <laughs> oh, them. <laughs> Which would have been interesting, make the Ewoks a little more dangerous. Well, like, oh. picture it's that party scene, but you go back into special features and you just give them like that fruit punch blood mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That's dark. That's dark. Uh, and like Leia's like, thank God we won, and there's plenty of food for the Ewoks because these little teddy bears are actually fucked up. You know, while while I was watching this, I kept thinking of I think it's in Galaxy Quest where they they find some like seemingly cute little like, race of aliens, and then they have like super scary teeth or something. Mm. I kept thinking about that for the Ewoks if, if it was something like that where they looked like little teddy bears, but like. Like vicious cannibals or something. Right, right. <laughs> that would be a twist. That would be a twist. Um, so yeah, a lot of my notes, I don't know if you want to do it, are, are basically chronological as I'm watching the movie. I have to say, it's a Star Wars movie. So I love that like the opening crawl will contain phrases like vile gangster and certain doom. Like it really like cues you into what kind of movie this is. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you said, Christina, Vader shows up like they get a lot of mileage out of just that gangplank lowering and him like stomping down it like swag fully turned on. Like just uh, he's so awesome. fog machines like he probably has people like with fog machines everywhere he goes. Yeah. Ready to make an entrance. Like, so good. Like can you imagine getting the promotion to be like Vader's hype man? <laughs> oh shit it's happening. <laughs> what did you guys think of Luke's hair in this movie? I found it distracting. Yeah, I it's, did. I I thought he just looked unhappy. Like, um, I felt like there was some gravity, like pulling his hair down to stick to his head and pulling his mouth down to stay in a frown. Mm -hmm. well, it, <laughs> I don't know. It looked almost like ashen. Like, I don't know if they're trying to make him look old, like it was almost going gray or something. But especially when he's in Jabba's palace, I just couldn't stop looking at his hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I didn't think about them dying it. I, I didn't know if maybe, you know, Mark Hamill just hadn't been in the sun as mm -hmm. much. <laughs> didn't look like they were helping him out at all, that's for sure. 
No. So whoever's on hair, you're yeah. out of here. <laughs> the Lucasfilm hair person was fired right away. So, but Benji, is this the same hair that you hated at the end of Harry Potter? Like, does no, have- that's a different hair. That's like the weird proto mullet thing that they were doing in like the 2010 era. Okay. Who had it? Peta had it in one of those uh, Hunger Games movies too. Okay. So I guess we have kind of been on the periphery of the hair front on the podcast. I, I feel like you've really brought it like like right up front and center. Uh, so I appreciate that. God, so <laughs> uh, glad I really just made this conversation as <laughs> deep as possible. Um, I love that the green warthog dude carries axes. I don't know. It's just such a weird <laughs> thing that I can, like add on to the outfit. That's like when the the I don't know the kind of Jim Henson esqueness that mm-hmm. the, the the sassy rodent guy. Yes. <laughs> oh man! Like and what? That is... He continues fighting through the the battle, and then he ends up on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, like what purpose is, is Jabba just like? No, I love that guy. I love that guy. Keep him around. I love mm-hmm. him. Maybe he just can't see him because he's kind of underneath Jabba's <laughs> belly. So he's he in the folds. He is in the folds. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it does seem amazing that Java can even be a gangster. It's like anyone could probably murder you whenever they wanted and you couldn't do anything because you're just this gigantic slug. Java proved that wrong, though. Jedi, Jedi Master, Jedi Knight walked into there, tried to shoot him in the face. Yeah. Failed. Mm-hmm. Only because people protected him. I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody didn't turn on Java. Well, what's odd is I feel like if both David Lynch or Cronenberg had said yes to directing this movie, their presence would have been most strongly felt in Java's palace. Like, everything else in the movie, I don't know what that would look like. But I could see them just having a fucking field day with Jabba's whole menagerie <laughs> of guys. The, uh, and I guess, Benji, you probably know the names more than I do. The dude with the tentacles and the red eyes who first talks to the droids, that guy looks like a living, breathing STD to me. Oh, Bib Fortuna? Yeah. His name is Bib Fortuna. Mm-hmm. Bib Fortuna. Um, I saw someone online called him Penis Head. <laughs> I was but, like, oh! It's like double... It's like penis. Well, it's like it's like testicles head, really. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Jabba totally vapes, but it's like mm-hmm. absinthe heroin or something. I don't it's know those weird frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, can we talk about the the droid getting tortured? Yes, with the like hot irons. Well, just cranked <laughs> upside down and like screaming in pain mm-hmm. as he gets branded. Yeah, or the the rack where they just stretch the one droid until his arms are torn off. It's so weird. Well, then the that white droid that two episodes ago I said looked like Psychopath Spider Man, like mm-hmm. he's in there, like all fucked up in the corner. Like what? What the fuck is this place? What is the purpose of torturing these droids? But I also I didn't really feel like that was gonna happen to R two D two and C three. Like I didn't. I don't know. I wasn't that worried about them. I kind of thought that was kind of a Pirates of the Caribbean ride to me. Yeah. yeah. Like the constant like yeah. steam coming out of the robots feet I, I felt like that is just on continual loop like those aren't real yeah yeah i think that, that's their job i think that's what made me think it felt like a disney thing was like those were they were so animatronic that it felt like you were at like star tours or something and just seeing something happen on a loop over and over again you know yeah yeah i but i feel like you know had luke never shown up had Leia never shown up give it another 24 hours r2 would be running that dungeon like, I feel like he would have taken over the situation. He's very committed to serving drinks. Yeah. <laughs> the whole place is about exploitation. And you can tell because they turn R2 into, like, a drink cart. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, just the image of Han, like, like still frozen in carbonite, as like pop art on the wall. That that's I feel like that was hardcore at first for me as a kid anyway. Like watching that, I was just like, oh shit, they never even unfroze him. How did you feel about Jedi rocks? That bad, huh? Yeah. I know that the previous sequence was, it was just like some dancing around or something. I almost feel like it's Lucas's idea of like a troll. It's like almost audience hostile. He's like, I'm going to put this ridiculous cartoon musical sequence into the middle of this just because I know people will hate it. Like, I feel like he's doing that on purpose. Oh, I hated it so much. Well, like I didn't. No, go ahead. Sorry. To be. Oh, no, I I just I was thinking like I like thinking about what it would be like to be an extra in one of these movies and be able to point to that forever Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, I was like that green chick who (laughs) got eaten. Like Mm -hmm. that was my job. It was awesome. But to be one of those dancers or to be one of those backup singers must be like the most humiliating thing. Like, I hope that they're they were unrecognizable enough that they don't have to live with that. (laughs) So awkward. Well, so I, I go two ways with it. Uh, on like behind the scenes, I think about the meetings they had about the special editions. Is Lucas just like, no, no? I think the kids want to see a sequence where like Jabba has basically like alien supremes in his palace, and like this thing is going to be like their Diana Ross. And then I think like expanding universe fan fictiony. Like, what do you have to do wrong in your life? But this is the get like you like you always wanted to do music and like you're doing it for this like pimp slug gangster thing. I couldn't stop watching the backup singer on the right. Like the one on the left is really selling it. And the one on the right was barely opening her mouth the whole time. Like she obviously wasn't singing. It was just really distracting. And it's Mm -hmm. like you you went and shot those shots and you couldn't even get good takes. I don't know. It's annoying. One of the worst aspects of Jabba is the licking of the lips, I think. Ooh. When yeah. he when he first uh you know takes Leia captive, yeah, it's yeah, super yeah. creepy. Oh. Oh, the snot. Yeah. I could not stop looking at the snot. And then every time his tongue was around his mouth, I was like, You're just like a baby eating your own snot. That's disgusting. Oh my god. He can't even reach his own face to like wipe his face off. He must have like a snot wiper. Just like how Darth has like a hit uh Hype man, he has like a snot wiper. <laughs> maybe so. that's the the rodent dude. Oh yeah, maybe. He does look like he could jump up there. Salacious Crumb, that's his name. He- Salacious Crumb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> there there's a book out there called Tales from Java's Palace, which like gives a backstory to like every stupid character in there, which I've read. Oh. He has a whole backstory? I, I I think it was something similar to what you guys are talking about, where it's like Java keeps him around because he's ridiculous. He's like a jester, basically. Just I can oh. just picture picture the meeting, like in Lucasfilm, where like people are asking George questions. What about this guy, George? What's his name? And George is like Salacious Crumb. Ask me another. I got a million of these. <laughs> I'm no, on fire. Stop to think. <laughs> bam, bam, bam! Just firing him off. Bib for tuna. Where did that come from? I don't even know. I'm George Lucas. It reminds me of like in a like sitcom where someone has to think of a fake name really fast, like on the Brady Bunch when Jan like makes up a fake boyfriend and she sees a <laughs> glass of water and she's like, "It's George Glass." He, <laughs> George Lucas is just like looking around. He's like quickly running and he like sees a crumb on the floor. 
I feel like George Lucas at this point in his life probably thought he was hilarious. Like he's like the Dan Harmon of space operas or something. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think he was like in the middle of a messy divorce in the middle of this movie. Which like supposedly that's one of the reasons why he just wanted to like get it over with is like I don't know, he like lost his passion or something. Oh, that's so sad. <sighs> the greatest Star Wars of all is in his own heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so there's the bit I don't remember if this is the well, I love that Jabba says at last we have the mighty Chewbacca. That's great. But like when Boba Fett does the thing, you know, I don't know what you call that gesture on the girl's chin. The like the oh, kind of like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're cute kid or whatever. Do chicks really dig on Boba Fett? God, I fucking hate Boba Fett. I really do. <laughs> like I don't I don't get it. I don't ever get I don't know what the legend that's built up around this character. Because people are always like Boba Fett's this great character and the way he goes out is horrible. And I'm always thinking like, no, the way he dies, where he just crashes randomly into the side of the thing and falls in that pit, that is Boba Fett. I don't know what you built up prior to that. I don't know. I didn't even really notice him until I was, you know, poking around the internet after I watched it. Yeah. To me, he was just kind of an arbitrary, like, henchman. I I wasn't surprised at all that he died like that. Right now, you're saying all the right things. I did did notice that the special edition adds, like, 50% 50% more cutaways to Boba Fett. I know. Just like, hey, they, they, he's still there. It's Boba Fett. You like Boba Fett, right? Well, it's like, I wonder what Boba Fett thinks of this new development. And it's like, okay, <laughs> fuck. I His love- helmet doesn't give any indication of yeah. what he's thinking. I don't know. And see, that's that's what's so cool about Vader's helmet, I think. Even the Stormtroopers is there's enough aspect of life in their iconic iconography that, like, you kind of get a sense of, like, you're curious about their emotions. There ain't shit happening with boba fett's helmet i don't care what this character's doing i like leia as a bounty hunter so much more than boba fett mm-hmm. i mean i love Jabba's like this bounty hunter is my kind of scum that's we're, high praise indeed we're really losing the boba fett vote right now we really are <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the only thing i liked about boba fett in this movie was when he does like the masked bro nod to leia's bounty hunter yeah, uh, leia's negotiating tactic is i'll blow myself and everyone else up if you don't pay me Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Works. You had to work the room. Is it possible, while we're getting into Jabba's Palace, that the special editions are, like, the most unkind to this movie? Mm. I think so. Yeah. Just for Jedi rocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like if this movie came out now, if they re-release this now, that would totally be, like, a single on iTunes you could buy. Yeah. But no one would buy it. No, no one would buy it. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Or it would just become like a horrible, horrible meme, like a joke. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I would love for it to be like the new Rickroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how when we, we see Olanda's there, he pulls his face guard down so yeah. everybody can recognize him. Like, yeah. there's no reason to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I like this idea you brought up even more. If there was a moment where everyone was like, oh, shit, you're here, too. Oh, shit, you're here, too. We all had the same plan to invade Java's palace. Um, fancy meeting you here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the whole thing where, like, like Leia rescues Han, I love, you know. Pre- pretty handy that the carbonite thing has a built-in unfreeze option on it. Right, right. Not the stealthiest option. I cannot believe that Jabba and his cronies could logistically organize hiding behind a curtain 
and like staying that quiet during that whole thing. Well, it's like his his whole entourage really got into it. You yeah, know? like everybody teamed up for this deception. It's like this huge practical joke. I mean, like when he starts like ho 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 ho, and you're like, oh shit! I feel like the subtitle there is just like Jabba saying, "Yes, we are that shitty." <laughs> also, one other minor complaint: the whole hibernation sickness thing. It doesn't seem like anything really ever comes from that. No, like there's no. It's never meant addressed again after he gets off of a uh, Tatooine. I don't know. It's it that to me just seems like one of those things that's like. They had this idea that he'd be blind, and then they just got tired of it after a while, so he could see again. And well, so supposedly Lawrence Kasdan and Harrison Ford both wanted Han to die early in the movie, like self-sacrifice, and that'd be the most heroic way to go out. And George Lucas was like adamant against it. So I wonder if there was like a draft where all of that led to something. Hmm. Especially when Han's just like, "I've got the strangest feeling I'm never going to see the Falcon again," and it's like they took out the maybe the actual death scene but didn't take out any of their little <laughs> roadmaps mm. to it. Sure. Han uh, wasn't my favorite in this movie. I thought he was being a big baby a lot of the time. Like, mm-hmm. like when he... Uh, I, I needed Leia to just be like, shut up. Like, please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, yes, I'm here. Like, let's make out. Like, take a second and think about how many people are here, like, risking their lives. Like the whole team's here. Like if we we get caught, we all we all go out. So he, I don't know. I was like, he is like quipping every moment. Like uh, he calls Han or Han calls Luke being a Jedi delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Or, or Luke's crazy. He can't even take care of himself, let alone anyone else. It's like oh. a lot of people died to get here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Jump, jumping ahead later on in the movie when he's just like suddenly jealous of Luke. Yeah. It's like. Settle down. Like, I mean, first of all, I feel like there's no way him and Leia didn't hook up on like the way back from Tatooine. Like that happened yeah. in the Falcon. Yeah. So, like, what do you what are you like suddenly still jealous about Luke for? Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's even the type to get jealous. It felt so random. Mm-hmm. He's he's secretly like an emotional mess. He's just a <laughs> vortex of competing emotions and stuff. He's just waiting for Leia's texts. He's like a triple texter. Yeah. Like, she doesn't text him back. She's like texting him again and again. Well, when like he checks the text messages and there's just those three little dots forever <laughs> and he just loses his mind and he's like talking to Chewie about it and Chewie's like, <laughs> and Han's like, Chewie, I know, but still I have to know. He's like trying to see if Luke and Leia were like tagged in any pictures together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, oh, one, one thing we should. They're both online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about the gold bikini. Controversial these days. Do you have any thoughts on that, Christina? Well, I read what she recently said about how she said uh, if she had to explain it, I think it was something along the lines of, you know, this evil guy put me in a gold bikini and then I killed him, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what happened. I, I just think she looks amazing. (laughs) I think she looks so good. Like it, it was even better than I remembered it. I was like, you just look gorgeous and then she murders this giant slug in the gold bikini like i can't even like get up from a chair in a bikini much less <laughs> murder a giant slug i thought that i understand why maybe it's controversial you know but i'm a fan i mean as a young boy i was like <laughs> yeah. not aware of why i was so fascinated by it but i was like 
oh, 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 hi. Uh, you know, like now it's problematic, you know, but the thing that cued me into it, I don't know, like as I grew up, of course, once again, was Ross Geller on Friends. I feel like the gold bikini wasn't even a thing until that episode. Like until that episode, I never really thought of that as some like, you know, like pivotal moment, like boys, you know, like maturation or anything. But like then that Friends episode like made it like, oh, yeah, every guy is totally into the gold bikini. Biggest monsters in the universe. One, Palpatine. Two, Jabba. Three, Ross, Ross Geller. Yeah. <laughs> Red Ross, yeah. When it, reading the some of the kind of, you know, interviews and whatnot about the movie, it, it's hard to tell exactly whose idea the whole gold bikini thing was, but it seems like Carrie Fisher had complained in the past about her costumes and how she's constantly mm-hmm. like covered up and whatnot. Desexualized. Uh, and, yeah. And so like, I don't know if this was some sort of like, all right, fine, here you go, you know, like, we'll have you get captured by a gangster and, like, you know, exploited. Yeah. How do you like that? I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing with the bikini. <laughs> After George explains to her the sequence and the outfit they're going to wear, then he's like, do you have any single friends? <laughs> I'm kind of going oh. through a divorce. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Salacious Crumb, that's that guy's name. Anyway, do you have any single friends? <laughs> Uh, but I love, like, immediately, like, Han and Luke are reunited. They're broing down. Han's like, how we doing? Luke's like, same as always. Han's <laughs> like, that bad, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then when, when Leia's strangling Java to death, his tongue is, like, flapping around. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Oh, it's disgusting. Well, just weird. I mean, I, lo- I love the whole sequence of Jabba and his party bus. But, like, is it weird that Jabba is potentially turned on by humanoid women? I don't even know what to make of Jabba. He's such a strange creature. I mean, I, I guess we're supposed to assign, you know, human qualities to him, I guess. Yeah. I got the sense more that he understood that other people or other creatures that were coming in would be find them attractive. So it was more his version of like a big gold watch or something okay. like, you know, showing off what he yeah. his power. Check out, check out my Corvette. Check out my like lunches yeah. and gold bikini. I turned your droid into a Roomba that serves drinks. Oh, bar two D two. Three feels line. Well, I can see that you're serving drinks. <laughs> but yeah, Java is all about just the putting on a, like a really cool party that like never stops. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Bib Fortuna is like, can we get back to the spreadsheets? You're broke. <laughs> These parties are killing your enterprise. <laughs> well, shouldn't Han like hate Lando at this point though? Like during all this, I mean, Han's just woken up. Like, like to him, Empire Strikes Back just ended. And maybe Chewie filled him in or something. I don't know. <laughs> really, Chewie? <laughs> While they're hugging. Yeah. Well, that that strangulation scene, like if that was a human, this would be like a rated R movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> see somebody like just murdered like over a course of a minute with their tongue flapping around well speaking of that too once luke you know once like you said that that the lightsaber shoots out of r2 and luke grabs it and it becomes this awesome pirate movie like he's swinging around like errol flynn limbs should be flying left and right <laughs> from the way he's swinging that fucking thing I mean, he should be cutting people in half and i was at the time i loved it but i'm just like this should be like a bloody mess right here well, on one hand, though, like, I am very sensitive to violence. Like, I'll stop watching a movie if it gets too violent. And so I really appreciate that. I like the PG. Right. Because 
I can still stay in it without feeling panicky. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, uh, limbs getting lost, like even, uh, Darth's hand. I was kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> the lack of gore, I guess. Yeah. I just wondered, like, when he's negotiating the MPAA, and they're like, I don't know, <laughs> she she straight up murders a guy off a chain. That's kind of hardcore. And he's like, I will put in ten more teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> but one <laughs> of them dies. What's the equation you need to hear to balance things out? <laughs> like the the one guy on the sail barge, he he has a free shot at Luke from behind, and he shoots Luke's hand. Like, nice aim. Yeah, <laughs> you're like all aim for his hand instead of his back. <laughs> <laughs> is it the hand that has the lightsaber in it i couldn't even remember now yeah but i mean i don't okay. know would have been my first choice well no you could make the argument that nobody in this galaxy knows how to fire like or how to aim their weapon <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they don't really they don't totally they just gloss over the fact that like they murder a bunch of people when they blow up that sail barge yeah a couple hundred probably mm-hmm. also some innocent people who are just you know singing they're just they're just there for the music they're yeah. following their passion well also the economy of tattooing took a blow that day i think oh uh, yeah there's a crazy power vacuum now does anyone even live on that planet now i mean <laughs> is there anyone left yeah i wonder <laughs> well and then we we finally get off of uh tattooing there and the, the emperor shows up and i really wonder is he, he's walking with vader and he starts like cackling like a madman you know about like everything's proceeding as i have foreseen and what is like like a stormtrooper that's standing nearby what does he think about that this is like the leader of the entire empire and he's just like some crazy old man who's laughing like a crazy person yeah yeah ian mcdermott is amazing in this movie like the emperor is is pretty one note on this rewatch but like everything about his look his just cackling glee like all of that i i love I kind of hate that they put the special edition version of him in the Empire Strikes Back because it mm. totally ruins his appearance here. Um, as just this weird, crazy old man <laughs> who's foreseen things, but like not really foreseen things at times, and like has a lot of great double talk about how the Force works. The Force is a very confusing entity in this mm-hmm. movie because like Obi Wan's like, "We need you straight up, straight up, cards on the table. We need you to kill your dad." Luke's like, I can't kill my dad. And Obi-Wan's like, well, we're fucked. The whole galaxy's fucked. And then, like, later, like, uh, Palpatine's like, I need you to kill your dad. And Luke's like, I can't kill my dad. And it's just, it's like, it looks like you guys are tearing me apart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do here. I was going to ask Christina, uh, how do you feel about Yoda as a character? Well, I will say that I cried again <laughs> during his death. Um... He kind of, this is so bad, but he kind of just, like, reminded me of, like, my grandma. <laughs> like, his little face. Yeah. Um, I was, I will say, it, it, during the movie, I was totally in it. But later when I was thinking about it, I was like, didn't Luke and Yoda spend a lot of time together? Like, couldn't he have clued Luke in on this whole family situation i mean obviously it's the more dramatic way for darth to be you know saying that iconic line or whatever but i mean i kind of started questioning when the ideas came to george lucas Mm -hmm. and maybe like did yoda just have to say that because people were like darth vader is lying 
He's obviously not his dad. Oh my god. Um, oh, you know, I, I actually did. I did read that Lucas consulted with a child psychologist who told him that he needed to put in a scene where somebody else confirms that Vader is his dad, or otherwise people wouldn't believe it. So that's well, why so that scene's there. Richard Marquand wanted to go back to Dagobah. And he wanted to do another Yoda scene, and Lucas was against it. And then somehow the child psychologist thing came up. <laughs> which i don't know it just fascinates me that lucas like there's market research yeah on every aspect of the psyche of children for this movie i love how chill yoda is that he's about to die do this, this yeah. thing but like you're right like he's got a little bit of that grandma sass and like uh when you get 900 years old see if you look this good <laughs> yes well yoda is he's like oh sicker if i become and then he's dead three minutes later it's like that that was quick yeah, l- like lucky Luke was there. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have gotten that information. I mean, if he had come the next day, there would be no evidence. Like he could be waiting at the house forever, thinking Yoda just went out for some milk. Yeah, because he just disappears. It's just like yeah, a blanket he's there. Gone. Well, and they set up this yeah. whole thing, this deathbed confession. There's another Skywalker, and then the very next scene, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's Leia." I was like, "Well, that <laughs> was anticlimactic." Yeah. Yeah. I did kind of like this kind of introduction of kind of this Jedi heaven. Hmm. Or wherever they are where they can appear to Luke. It kind of, if Luke did end up perishing, I don't know, it's kind of hopeful. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the worst thing. Well, it's it's a real sausage fest, though, the the Jedi heaven. <laughs> like, it's, it's Obi-Wan, it's Yoda, it will be Anakin, it might be Luke. They're just chilling out, like, doing what? Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to discuss was... Leia's use of the force especially once she realizes once once Luke tells her that it's within her you know then I feel like after he reveals that to her then she's like no he's fine I can sense it or yeah. oh he's here I can sense it um and I kind of feel like him letting her know that helped but I wanted to see her get trained I I was ready for that I uh I wanted yeah. to see her, you know, embrace her powers more. But. Wouldn't there have been great if there was a moment on Endor where, like, maybe, like, a stormtrooper corners them and she's just like, you don't want to shoot us or whatever, yes. you know? Like, she just, like, wings it and it works. And oh, Han's, yeah. like, like makes one of those great, like, Harrison Ford faces. Like, how would you make that happen or whatever? You know? I know that uh, in the novelization of the movie, they imply that, the only reason she was able to strangle Jabba to death was because she was using the Force to like enhance her strength. Because no one would have been able to do that otherwise. Oh, That's dumb. Except we yeah. all saw her abs. She was using her core. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She I had think. a. She's on a, a really tight training regimen of like sit ups and cocaine. And and strangulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new kind of shred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love that ghostly Obi Wan stretched to the swamp. To like basically modify his previous statements, bro. It's all about your point of view, bro. Yeah, I could have used more, maybe, um, shock from Luke. Yeah, I did. I just didn't feel like he was emoting enough. He kind of like looked down. I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that he found out that he had been kissing his sister. (laughs) I mean, he had to have remembered that he wasn't kissing anyone on Tatooine. Like he had his first kiss from his sister. Yep. Maybe that's why he's so down the whole time. He's just like, oh. Well, he's like, also, give me a break, guys. I I just came here from getting Botox. So, like, I can't do a lot of my face right now. It's like literally the only woman I've ever even spoken to besides my aunt. 
turns out to be my sister. And guys, I've had I've had some feelings about my sister. <laughs> I've had some feelings, you guys, in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Obi Wan's a little upset. Luke has scruples about patricide. And then Obi Wan like starts asserting that Vader's more machine than man, twisted and evil. I like I had to wonder, is that a point of view that he clings to out of like guilt for cutting off Anakin's limbs and like tossing him to, like a river of fire? I guess, yeah. Um, and then they, they go to, you know, the big meetup with all the rebels. Nobody minds that Luke just walks in and interrupts the middle of their briefing. Well, just be like, hey, guys, let's hug. Never mind the fact that Londo just showed up to this outfit, is now a general. <laughs> his resume is that somebody must have told him about his little maneuver in the Battle of Tanev or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, all right, then you want to be a general? <laughs> We're just handing out these positions. They mean nothing. But also Lando, like, he's like, I feel like my general uniform needs a cape. Well, I need more cape have a little fashion. style, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things about the pacing of this movie, I think with Empire, we kind of got used to, like, this cross-cutting storyline where it's like, see what Luke's doing in his training, and then go back to Han and Leia. In this, it's like there really is no cross-cut, except, like, occasionally what the Empire is doing. So it kind of feels, like, a little choppy. It's like the story, like, starts and stops, and, like, Okay, now we're back to the Rebel fleet. The story's going to start again. Yeah, uh, it doesn't feel quite as smooth. Well, it's weird to see them all in the same like room mm-hmm. again. Really, um, I love that Mon Mothma says that the Empire's desire to crush the rebellion is vanity. <laughs> <laughs> They're vainly trying to destroy us. <laughs> but yeah, like Han, like so, like Lana's now a general. He has a plan, like for their upcoming strike. Han like can like openly talk shit about it though. Like there's, I don't know the the morale and the rest of the rebellion has to be horrible though. I feel like unless they all get to be just as uh, casual about their whole duty there, I mean, just show up in the middle of an important briefing, start hugging your friends and hanging out. Yeah, well, there's no there's no security seemingly. Yeah. There's no yeah. Also, I realized I had the General Nadine action figure as a kid. Oh really? The action figure was cooler than the actual dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then we get some uh, flying casual, and then to Endor, Han stepping on the twig seemed like lazy writing to me when he's like sneaking up on the scout trooper. Mm. It's like that—that's the best he could do as a twig. It's like literally yeah, the again, oldest I trope. Just, just didn't feel like something that would happen to him. Yeah, he would totally be thinking of that. He's been in that situation before. I feel like like he's never like smuggled something through a forest before. I guess yeah. I did. I did like his like camo trench coat though. <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's not the fashion that i would think of necessarily but he pulls it off i guess mm-hmm. the speeder bike chase is very cool although i can't not notice that carrie fisher looks really coked out during all her scenes on the speeder her <laughs> eyes are just kind of glazed over she's hallucinating oh, no, i didn't thing. notice that she's hallucinating the whole thing well like yeah. This is another one of those moments where I mean I, I get it. They have to like kill these guys before they can go and warn somebody else and like ruin their whole assault. But like this is when you really wanted Luke to do something with the force. How much of his thing is just like, I'm just gonna bump the guy next to me? <laughs> like, you could have grabbed like Shia LaBeowulf does more in the last Indiana Jones movie, you know, with the sword fighting across I don't, I don't know if that's a good comparison to make though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the Ewoks show up, and I mean, there's an alternate reading of this where it's Leia's just thinking like, "Oh shit, I am so high." There's a fucking teddy bear <laughs> talking to me right now. Oh my god! 
Well, like, yeah, so in the first hour of this movie alone, Leia's bluffed a room full of the shittiest people in the galaxy with a grenade to save her man. She's choked out a giant slug of wearing gold peeing. She's gotten captured by an indigenous teddy bear of a spear. And there's a lot of data there, but I still like to think that she's pretty empowered. Maybe high, too, but <laughs> still. Like, when she turns to Han and like, oh shit, you can see the teddy bear, too? <laughs> <laughs> So, Christina, how do you how do you feel about the Ewoks? What I guess I should ask, what what age were you about when you first saw this movie? Oh, I must have been eleven or twelve. Okay, so and was, yeah. Um, honestly, they didn't really stick with me. I don't think this time. They, I definitely remembered them. Um, but I did feel like it went on a little long. I thought they were super cute. Mm. Um, immediately needed to know if it was a person or a puppet. <laughs> and it turns out that main Ewok, um, I actually found his name somewhere. He has a name. Mm-hmm. He actually, oh, his name is Wicket. Wicket. Mm-hmm. Wicket the Ewok. Um, he was played by an 11 year old who got the role after the original person hired to play him got food poisoning the morning of the shoot. I love that. So that, I don't know, that makes me like them even more that that's <laughs> what was going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't know, I liked, I liked the Ewok in Leia. I like, oh, excuse my cat. Um, I liked that Leia gave the Ewok some food. I liked that little exchange. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of, uh, John Smith in Pocahontas giving Nico the raccoon, like a little cracker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they were friends forever. And I like that. Because she does that, then they're willing to sacrifice themselves. You know, once once that one Ewok is like, they're cool, mm. then that's how selfless they are. I don't know. What do you guys think? A few of the Ewoks have these really weird eyes. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that in the background. Like, almost <laughs> like like a cat. Like, you know how some cats have that weird thing in their eyes, like they're like crusted over? A couple mm. of the Ewoks look like that, and it's hard Whoa. not to notice. The face of the Ewoks is exactly the face of my dog. Mm. I've always lost <laughs> dog. It makes it, the, the thing with the teeth always a little bit bared. Like my dog does that all the time. Um, with the Ewoks though, I feel like you're, they're showing something that I imagine happens in this universe a lot, which would be crazy cultural misunderstandings. Um, it felt almost like a Star Trek episode. A little bit, a little bit, but I like how the Ewoks are like, listen to you, like people from the stars, we're going to key you into like the greatest secret weapon we have on Endor, which is rocks. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many fucking rocks and we know how to weaponize them. I think they're fun once they start fighting. It does seem like we didn't need to spend that much time getting to know them. Like once they start actually showing that they're effective, it's they're a lot more enjoyable. And then the one guy dies and, you know, that's Mm -hmm. sad. I don't know if I'd feel the same if I saw this movie for the first time when I was like in my 20s or something. I might just think they're stupid, but, you know, I was young when I saw it, so. I feel like there was like a backlash against them for a long time in this movie because of them. And mm-hmm. I, I never gave a shit about that backlash. I always, I don't I always love these guys. I mean, they are absolutely ridiculous, but they're amazing, too. Yeah, and then there's just a long sequence of them getting captured and whatnot. Vader finally shows up. I think that's when the movie starts to pick up again when he goes to meet Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how the the commander is like, we think there's more of them, and he's just so confident and sure. He's like, yeah, go round them up, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting. I guess he's not aware of the Emperor's plan then, 
if no. he wants to round them up. So the Emperor wasn't sharing everything with Vader. Well, the Emperor's plan is a little loosey-goosey anyway. <laughs> like, I'm going to show you where our greatest weakness is anyway. I just have a lot of security there. Like, that's that's basically what it boils down to. I have, like, a lot of security there, so good luck. Um, how cool but unnecessary is Admiral Akbar's like, chair on his ship? Oh, the one that, like, swivels around? Well, it, like, swivels around the entire, like, bridge or whatever? I, 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 like that. I wondered, like, is that the future of, like, chairs in your home? Like, you never have to get out of your fucking chair. Like, you want something from the fridge, it just swivels into the other room. Here's uh. open. <laughs> <laughs> I really like when they, they trick the one scout trooper. He, like, you know, Han taps him on the shooter and he runs around the corner and scout trooper chases and they, he like he sees that he's been captured and he has this really sad like sigh like his whole body's just like oh <laughs> you know, like, yes. i'm gonna die now <laughs> which is like such a reminder that it's a kid's movie and like mm-hmm. not a war movie because it's yeah. not so like later on like in the battle when one of the stormtroopers shoots at c-3po or shoots lay on the shoulder han finally retaliates and like shoots a guy in the face <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, is Han just like, all right, all of you just hang around the corner. I'm going to go tap this guy on the shoulder and run around here. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, was great. there a discussion? It's going to be great. <laughs> it was like a Bugs Bunny move. This is a, this is a great <laughs> gag. <laughs> One of the, like, rebel soldier guys with him is, like, this old dude with this white mustache and beard. <laughs> I just kept looking at that guy and thinking, like, this is your commando. Like, this is your, your tier <laughs> one operator he brought with you. Well, I feel like he's like, I'm taking orders from this guy. <laughs> this guy stepped on a twig. We haven't been on this planet for five seconds. Yeah, I did like Han hot wiring the door. That seemed like a very Han Solo thing to do. You know, kind of reminiscent of like his American graffiti character, just like a car guy, basically. It would have been cool if he'd done that like 10 minutes earlier, though, too. Because mm-hmm. oh. that's after R2-D2 kind of gets shot. Yeah. Has malfunctioned. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, it's like R2 is up on a hill, which I don't know. I mean, you just you overlook how R2 gets around the terrain of Endor. <laughs> like, you have to overlook all of that. But, like, he's like, I'll wait for the droid to make, like, the 10-minute journey over here to, to un- unwire this door or whatever. And then I'll... <laughs> and plan. he didn't step on a single twig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I did like the, the setup that the Death Star is operational. That definitely raises the stakes. It's like, this is pretty much all or nothing now. Either the Rebels are going to win or their entire fleet's going to get destroyed. Right. Everything about Londo and the Rebels inside the Death Star like works better for me than the, the trench run from the first movie. I felt like... like mm-hmm. I love I love it. I love how they use like the the sci-fi architecture of the interior of this place. Like so much of this movie feels like it was predicting the future of like video games <laughs> in a way, you know. Mm. Uh, Rose creating it. Yeah. Yeah. That is po- quite possibly one of the hardest video game levels I've ever played was Super Return of the Jedi, the uh trench run and Return of the Jedi. It's really hard. I love that when those games came out, they they added the word super to the titles. <laughs> oh, what do you think about Chewie driving the uh, Scout Walker? What's not to love? <laughs> With his uh, his Tarzan yodel as he swings yeah. over to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chewie, Chewie, like sharing a scene with the Ewoks is like Hollywood magic. 
It's a bunch of people in suits, like, <laughs> speaking nonsense at each other. Yeah. George Lucas is just like, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> and then to the divorce lawyer. Um, <laughs> well, Chewie has, like, kind of has, like, bangs or something. Yeah. Like, his hair is a little different. He has, like, I don't know if they're just really big eyebrows or what those are, but. Majestic hair. It's like a mm-hmm. mullet. It's like an 80s mullet. Yeah. Uh, he's got that kind of hair where you know that he never has to buy himself a drink. Wonder what a, a Wookiee drinks. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that he's a lightweight. I like the idea of <laughs> having like one martini and he's just slappy. <laughs> like I a, feel like a that drunk seems... Wookiee would be dangerous. It seems like <laughs> that seems like that could be like his affect though, or he's just like telling like you know whoever he's having drinks with, like uh, oh no, one of these, and you could have your way with me. <laughs> but they of course can't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually like a brilliant like conversationalist and no one knows <laughs> um so the super star destroyer like the rebel fighter crashes into the bridge the ship then plummets into the death star and i thought to myself is that solely because the helmsman died of his hand on like the accelerator sure i mean like <laughs> gravity or something yeah it doesn't make total sense but you go with it <laughs> I was going to say, uh, when Luke and Vader finally start fighting, and Vader's like, Obi-Wan has taught you well. And it's like, eh, not really. No. Barely taught him anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, does Vader even realize that, like, Yoda's still in the equation? Doesn't seem like it. Like, he's never, br- it's not like Luke's ever given him credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, like, when Luke is eventually dragging Vader away from the throne room, I thought, my God, like, how much does Vader weigh? Like, he's all, yes. like, robo limbs and shit. He's oh. got to weigh a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe he used the Force, finally. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Force. Uh, I do like the, the lighting with the shadow overtaking Luke's face when he's hiding and Vader's yeah. finding out about Leia. Uh, I guess originally Leia wasn't supposed to be the sister. It was supposed to be some other character that we hadn't met yet. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I think it makes a lot more sense it to be Leia at least in this scene because Luke gets all mad like that's what kind of gets him to attack and it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense if like this was like oh you're he's mad about the sister we've never even seen before and right. that's why he's gonna attack yeah. Vader mm-hmm. the look on Han's face when like him and Leia are kissing at the end after he's found <laughs> out about Luke there are I, I would love to be like the novelizations take on on that like what like what things are flashing through han's mind as he's kissing leia and he's like remembering that she once made out with her brother and he's like into it <laughs> there's uh actually a few youtube videos where people have edited that together for you excellent <laughs> i mean he's got to be thinking about that right yeah it's just yeah. like yeah. i don't know how i feel about this i'm happy that i'm 100 percent with you but i can't get the image out of my mind of you making out with your brother <laughs> You kiss your brother with that mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. I have. <laughs> no, I, before Leia says, you know, that's my brother. I'm not interested in him. Han's lines where he's like, okay, you love him. Well, I'll just be going now. Yeah. I was like, what? That is not, that is not very Harrison Ford of you. Mm-hmm. Right. To right. To do that. Leia's he, like, well, no, but now actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Han lost all of his chill. Mm-hmm. when like they like defroze him and they thought him out and it's like he just can't wait to get the fuck out of there 
<laughs> yeah. So, so Marco, you were talking earlier about the whole like people, Vader or the Emperor wants Luke to kill Vader. You know, Obi-Wan wants Luke to kill Vader. There's this whole idea set up that like, oh, you're just automatically going to go to the dark side if you kill either the Emperor or Vader. Mm-hmm. It's like just automatic. It all seemed a little iffy to me. Like the Emperor seemingly has some self-preservation. Like, I don't know if he'd really be that cool with being like, well, you killed me. That's OK, because now you're now you're evil, too. Right. I, I I can't envision that, Mister. I foresee or foresaw all of that, Mister. I don't know, but like it's goddamn convenient that like Vader's like let's let gravity decide <laughs> the Emperor's situation. They got location, for the location, show. location, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just blows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speak, speaking of explosions, when they finally uh, blow up the shield generator. Uh-huh. You see, like Han runs, you know, like fifty feet oh, away. Oh, the from explosion it. is is much bigger than the distance yeah. Han runs. It's like a five mile radius. It would have just wiped everyone out. They would have been like cooked. The the, yeah. the Ewoks would have been eating them for dinner that night. <laughs> Barbecue and for, and for many nights after. Yeah, Wedge and Londa are like, whatever we're eating, it's delicious. So it's Han. <laughs> what did you guys think about the Force lightning out of nowhere? Did that seem out of place to you or did it just kind of fit i did think it was out of place but i was kind of waiting to see what the emperor's like superpower was Mm -hmm. so i kind of just accepted it (laughs) i thought i mean as you know part of it is like this is a thing that happened when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's justified to me it's like part of my dna so i i love it as a kid i love it now like, it's amazing to me, like, when you think about the prequels and these movies, how little you fucking know about the Force and the Jedi and the bad guys from these movies. Like, the like the Emperor doesn't have a lightsaber that we know of. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a cane at one point. It just, I was always fascinated, like, when we were actually went into the prequels, how open everything they could do there was, you know? Like, building a whole culture out of, out of nothing. Um... Mm-hmm. Unrelated, Endor turns into a crazy fuck party that night, right? Orgy. Yeah. Orgy. Yeah. Lots of babies nine nine months later, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Force Lightning, I was wondering, like, if these movies, if, if they were being released now for the first time, would people see the lightning and be like, what the fuck was that? You know, like, <laughs> like would that be, like, the number one thing everyone's complaining about the day after is, like, how lame it was that the Emperor could shoot lightning out of his hands? But, like, that that moment, though, there's a... there's Something where I think like Luke throws away the lightsaber and he tells the mm-hmm. Emperor like you know I'm a Jedi like my father before me, and Va- or the Emperor's like oh, we cut away to like hijinks on Endor, cut back to like Luke and the Emperor and Luke reasserts I'm not gonna fight anymore or whatever, and then Palpatine's like so be it Jedi, and he <laughs> starts like electrocuting him and I was like you could have just married those two scenes together like it. I don't know. To me, it kind of killed the momentum of that. I don't know. Yeah, well, three different scenes to cut between. I think I know in the um, the documentary about the making of episode one, there's a scene where they're watching the final cut where they had like the four different battles they're cutting between. They kind of realize like, wow, this it's kind of hard to cut between this many different tones and still yeah. have it, you know, come off correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, just one more favorite honorable mention moment. When Admiral Akbar shrugs when the, the big Star Destroyer explodes, I really like that. 
kind of just like sighs in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> Leia presumably doesn't see the ghosts, right? I guess. Like, so uh, to me, it was kind of sad. It was like she got their mom, he gets their dad. And I was like, oh, that's kind of tragic. And then I thought, again, this is the same dad that tortured her for info <laughs> in the first movie. Maybe she doesn't need to see him. Especially when he looks like Hayden Christensen. So I looked up the original final scene on YouTube after I realized that I watched the special edition. Mm. And I was frustrated because I thought Hayden Christensen was just giving this like sexy eye that wasn't fitting at all. Mm. And Sebastian Shaw, the original guy, he just looks so fatherly and so happy and so in Jedi heaven. I feel like it was a mistake. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was reading something where Hayden Christensen didn't really know what they were doing when they filmed that. Like, because I guess they were filming that during Revenge of the Sith, and I don't know if Lucas is just like, "Hey, uh, just stand over there and kind of smile at the camera," you know, like, like he didn't and tell him what the he was face doing. He chose. <laughs> well, he, he didn't know it was like, "Oh, this is a scene from you know, we're going to replace you in Return of the Jedi." Oh well, my gosh! I feel like more than anything. The inclusion of it, it opens you up to too many questions about the nature of the Force and, like, the afterlife shit. Because it's, like, Anakin has, like, the aged consciousness of, like, a 40-something-year-old man. Mm-hmm. But he's going to look like this 20-year-old shithead for all eternity. <laughs> but, like, essentially, we had different takes. Because, to me, Anakin is staring at all that merriment like Patrick Bateman. Ooh. Like, I was so creeped out by the way he's, like, eyeballing everybody. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Maybe it's like a like a sexy Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's do our uh, our make one change. If we could change just one thing about this movie, what would it be? Oh, mine was Leia's hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to be stuck on that. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for accepting that. <laughs> uh, mine would be uh, Leia's hair. Second, <laughs> that uh, some of the some of the editing, but I think you know maybe. Maybe another pass at the script real quick <laughs> where they started filming. Tighten some things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be, I don't know how they would do this, but find some way to tie in the Jabba's palace stuff to the rest of the plot of the movie. Yeah. I don't know if they like get some information there that leads them somewhere else or what, but it's, it just feels so separated. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into our power rankings, starting with number 10. I'm counting down. Do you guys all have at least 10? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christina, you go first. Well, I wanted to say first that I made a list of 11, and mm-hmm. then I realized that Luke wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to give him an honorable mention real quick. Nice. <laughs> um, My 11 was Han. Mm. Um, like, I loved his, his presence and his macho-ness, but I really thought he was being a big baby the whole time Mm. um i think it says something that luke is 11 and what should be his biggest movie you know you know what's funny is you bring that up and it's funny but i just glanced at my my list i actually don't have luke on here at all right (laughs) (laughs) so it makes my number 10 even more shocking i think my number 10 is actually mon mothma Mm. Because I'm like, who is this woman all in white who just like, she comes into the scene like she might be an angel. <laughs> She's just like, hello, everyone. Here's who we're going to murder for freedom. And I was like, wow, she's cool. <laughs> I don't have Luke at all 
<laughs> nice. My number 10 is Java. I uh, felt like he should be somewhere on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty gross and disgusting, but uh, at least he, he can resist a Jedi mind trick, so he has that going for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one was C-3PO when he was being the translator in Java's Lair. <laughs> uh, he had some really good... Uh, he actually seemed really scared, but was huh. still doing his job, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Well, like he 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 takes orders from whoever appears to be dominating him in that given moment. It seems like. Um, but I love that, like specifically, his programming does not allow him to to act as a deity. There's a lot of things he can do, but he can't act like he's God. Um, <laughs> my number nine is actually Admiral Akbar, uh, partially because he has a really cool chair. And he knows when it's a trap. That's the one thing he does know, yeah. yeah. Um, my number nine is Paplu, the Ewok. He is the Ewok who runs and steals the speeder bike and rides away with it, gets all the other scout troopers to chase him away. I think he, he really contributed to the cause, <laughs> I think. I like that they, they threw in, though, like he clearly doesn't know what he's doing at first. You oh, yeah. I mean? Like he's just hitting things and it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I also like that you were able to divine his name. I may have not even had to look that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your number eight, Christina? Uh, Jabba's mucus. Mucus. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I thought you, it stole the show. Did you notice how 3PO kept on getting covered in like weird green slime? Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah. Well, you know, for a while, I thought that little, like, sarcastic rodent guy might actually be, like, excrement, like, like crawled out of Jabba and somehow managed to live. Ew. Yeah. I, well, I, just because of where he was the whole time? I don't know. I could be making this up, but I think there's something in one of the books about how that guy eats some of the slime to, like, oh. I was like, a, as a symbiote to, like, clean up Jabba. Oh. Yeah, think about that. That's actually the grossest thing about <laughs> Jabba. Even when you consider the problematicness of the gold bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, my number eight uh, actually is going to be Wicket. Wicket I'm using as a stand-in for all Ewoks, though. Because I couldn't even begin to get all their names. But, like, the guy with the weird bone crown, the skull mm-hmm. crown, all of them. They're all cool. Yeah. I have uh, Chewbacca as number eight. Mm. Doesn't have a ton to do, but uh, he drives the one Scout Walker. That was pretty cool. My number seven is the Emperor Palpatine. Um, I don't know. I thought his taunting was pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah. He had scary eye bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did. Uh, my number seven is a tie between Chewie and Londo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Londo, I thought, was awesome for what little he had to do. It seemed weird to have a, a Star Wars movie where you have somebody other than Han Solo in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just wanted to place Chewie somewhere, so I kind of just equated him right there <laughs> in that slot. But Luke still didn't make it. Somehow Luke still <laughs> didn't make it, and I didn't even realize that we started recording. Nice. Yeah, I had the Emperor at number seven as well. Um, yeah, his, his taunting, it's so childish, but it is infuriating. It's like you you want to you want to ignore him and be like you know or you're you're just like immature or whatever but he he still gets under your skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number six was Londo. I, I liked that he had this kind of complete trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the that they were gonna get the shield down. 
What is the name of the dude who's like his co-pilot? The monkey guy? Nine Wait, nine. I, I looked this up actually. Mm-hmm. Do you like, read there, Vino? Yeah, it's Nian Num. Nian Num. So yeah, he's, he's he's in Force Awakens, I think. Yeah. Um, I always liked the guy. I liked the again. You don't know what he's saying, but like what bothered me on this rewatch is that his lips are always wet. <laughs> I don't know. I just fixated it. Maybe on that's it. just his species. I guess. Uh, my number six is actually C three PO. Just uh, like he really takes the brunt of Han Solo's frustrations more than usual, which is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. My number six is Wedge. Wedge Antilles. He is the other guy who flies into the Death Star with Londo, the guy in the X-Wing. I love Wedge. He's the only one who to survive all three movies other than Luke, like among the X-Wing pilots. He looks so out of place on Endor at the end. Like he has no <laughs> idea what to do. <laughs> is he the guy that finds... Uh, um, in the second one on Hoth, does he find Luke and? Uh, no, no, but you, I, I, I can see. I, I used to think that it's actually not the same guy. They just look oh, very sorry. similar. But yeah, he's a star. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, my number five was a tie between Yoda and Yoda's ghost. Cool. It'd be weird if one of them was higher than the other. I guess. That that was my thought exactly. <laughs> I like the part where Luke's just like, I am a Jedi now, and Yoda just laughs at him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Yoda, who's like, uh, not yet, you still have to go face your dad. And Luke's just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Never ends a few people. Yeah. Uh, my number five is Jabba. Um, mm-hmm. As gross as he is, like, memorable. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember that big fucker from my youth. <laughs> He still haunts me. Much better as a puppet than a CGI. But like, also, just think about all the people, all the kids growing up who might have been a little overweight, who had to suffer with the burden of that nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number five is Princess Leia. Uh, I think she acquits herself pretty well in this movie. She's the only one of the main characters ever get shot, which is interesting. Uh, she takes a wound there, but... Yeah, I mean, she's, I don't know, they, she, like, shows up in that dress when she goes to the Ewok village, but other than that, I think she's pretty active. Yeah. She's actually my number four, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, I, I did like her consistency. Yeah. I felt like, um, she had a confidence that stayed, uh, level, but mm-hmm. I really wish I could have seen more of her, more of her use of the Jedi powers. I wanted mm-hmm. that. Agreed. Um. You notice that we haven't even gotten to her on my list yet. My number four is actually, uh, are we number four? Number four. Number four is the Emperor. He, uh, he's one note, but like he has style. He has a look. Uh He, I love that, like, I mean, there's something that just works so good about just a hood, like a druidy hood. And like, you know, Vader has this mask on. There's a lot of people wearing masks. And here's the guy who, like, you wish was wearing a mask Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's hard to look at. Um, I mean, I wish they had given him a little diversity in dialogue, but I don't know. He still works yeah. for me. He s- still somehow seemed much, much more evil than Vader ever was. Yeah. yeah my number four is Han Solo. Uh, he was not at his best in this movie, that's for sure. And did a lot of just like mugging for the camera, I felt like. Didn't mm-hmm. think Harrison Ford was putting a lot of effort into this one. But um, I guess he kind of has a character arc. 
a little bit maybe you know he decides to become a general and like really commit himself for once so give him that hmm. would you would you call his practices after that like the height of professionalism in the military no. career <laughs> not at all no i mean it's I'm, just I'm, like hey the rest of the squad who actually like knows what they're doing you guys just go hang out for a day we'll be back well yeah like the, when they're off like camping with the ewoks or whatever like what the fuck is the rest of the squad thinking like <laughs> we're barely surprised this asshole and his gang mm-hmm. <laughs> that old guy is just like i've been in the rebellion for 30 years <laughs> and somehow i'm a commando on this mission and that guy's a general <laughs> yeah. okay number three christina uh my number three was leia's abs i know. <laughs> thought they did a lot of work um, I don't know. I thought, I thought that she, I could see that she'd worked hard <laughs> for, that, for that scene. Just picture it's a movie where it's like, uh, it's Carrie Fisher and her own abs are reenacting scenes from like Boogie Nights. <laughs> like the, uh, like, I don't want to leave this room right now. <laughs> Let's go for a walk. Like just all the coked up scenes from Boogie Nights. Um, my number three is Han Solo. Um, he dominates so much of the movie, even if it is mugging for the camera, if it is like him getting sassy with like droids or Ewoks or, or, or shooting the shit with Luke. Like, it's almost like I said, it's like, it's like a Harrison Ford's vacation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like his Chevy Chase phase, but I don't know. There's still a presence there. Like, I mean, he's, he's the, the object they're trying to literally rescue at the beginning. It, 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 it's sustained with me in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my number three is Luke Skywalker. Uh, I think he, it, it is his movie, so I guess I felt like I needed to put him fairly high on it. Um, <laughs> it once he finally gets gets into the sword fighting, I think he quits himself pretty well. He's a little dour and sulky otherwise, but I always did like his last fight with Vader. I like the poses he has fighting with his kind of like leg, like strutted out. All look really cool. They're made for posters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two was Darth Vader. Uh, I, uh, I, we haven't talked about when his mask comes off at the end. Mm. Mm. Uh, the reason he was number two is because I was kind of disappointed by that. He, he looked more marshmallowy than I remember <laughs> from my first view. Um, I guess I didn't expect him to look so old. Mm-hmm. It's just like a sad old man. Yeah, not as, and not as human as I would have maybe liked mm-hmm. it is it is very weird especially considering like you know that that look is essentially what all three of the prequels are like riding towards mm-hmm. um he seems very chalky which i guess would just be total lack of exposure to light like ultraviolet mm-hmm. light um but i mean i don't know i feel like sebastian shaw really like conveyed everything of his eyes and his voice I, don't, mm-hmm. I remember it hit me hard as a kid, especially the, the the stark contrast between like the white skin and like the all black, like super cool outfit that he wears. Yeah, he definitely wasn't scary anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my number two is actually Leia, because she is just a badass throughout this movie. I mean, she gets her revenge. She she manages to like be one of the central figures in like saving the man she loves. Um, she takes on kind of an awesomeness, a heroic awesomeness that, you know, was previously reserved just for like Luke and Han. But unlike Luke, she's not like, like bringing everyone down. (laughs) 
the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like she seems to be like enjoying herself throughout all this in a way that isn't like bizarre like Han is. I don't know. I I just I came to appreciate her so much more in this movie and re- this rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seemed more in character than Han was. Yeah. My number two is mm-hmm. Londo, Londo Calrissian. I really like Londo in this movie. I feel like he he doesn't let me down. He he's very cool and in you know trusting. And Han leads the attack on the Death Star at the end. Uh, I, I just had nothing bad to say about him. I felt like he he quitted himself very well. He killed the Death Star. I think the thing that I I really realized on this viewing that I didn't necessarily get before was that Londo is so smart to realize that they were about to splat into that shield. Mm-hmm. Well, he has that. He, he warns them all of the shield. And then he also like basically like tells Akbar how to run his fleet. And it's like, no, you got to get closer so they can't shoot you. But I just, I kept thinking like visually, what would that look like? Is they all just smacked right into that thing? <laughs> oh, an anticlimactic end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no breaks or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it time for number one? Yes, it is. Um, mine was the music. I felt like it really was a character in itself. Mm. Particularly, I know I've mentioned it like ten times now, but Darth's theme song, like, it was like one of those characters where when they're not on screen, you want them to be on screen. Yeah. I just wanted that song to be playing like the whole time. Really stood out to me and resonated with me. I feel that. It's great it, music. It seemed like that was like half the anticipation of the prequels is like, when will they finally play the Imperial March in yeah. its full glory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number one is Darth Vader because I would argue that really it's it's his movie. I mean, mm-hmm. all six mm-hmm. are his movies. Um, I think he's kind of more the Jedi that returns and obviously Ooh. dies and, and Luke uh, is the last remaining Jedi along with Leia. But it's it's all about like redeeming him. Like that's Luke's mission is to walk away with this with some kind of feeling like his father died, not a bad man, not a monster. Mm. Um, I get like why people would mistakenly think that Kylo Ren is secretly Luke and not, you know, Adam driver in the new movie. Um, because who else would know <laughs> to like where to pick up that melted mask or like have like, or hold Vader in some kind of esteem. Mm. Um, which makes me wonder about like Kylo Ren's parentage, but anyway, like, uh, yeah, I would say it's Vader. I mean, this was his movie. It's his struggle, really. It's it comes down to his decision as he watches Luke being like barbecued by the uh, Emperor at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vader is number one as well. I think, as far as the characters go, I, I think he's the only one who has like a clear actual arc, like a character mm-hmm. arc in the movie. It's mm-hmm. really about him changing you know he's the one who changes and comes back to light everybody else in the movie is kind of where they are you know through the whole movie it's not like i mean you know luke and leia and han they're they're all pretty cool but it's not like they have to come to any new understanding of themselves or anything like that like luke's pretty committed to trying to Mm -hmm. redeem vader right from the beginning but yeah well and that's that's part of the problem what what sells it but also makes part of the problem when both luke and leia when confronted with who their father is are both kind of like Oh yeah, I kind of suspected or something, you know, <laughs> or like, oh, that makes sense. It's 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 very little acceptance, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and you've got like like Vader, you know, whatever happened off screen from the last movie, he right off the bat is calling Luke his son. Hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, that wraps up Return of the Jedi. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us, Christina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was an honor. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I have to ask, like, with Episode 7 coming up, what are our, like, if you had to like, pick one thing you're really hoping to see in this new movie, what is it? I I don't even know how to begin. Like, that's another, like, two hours of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to see Ray with the lightsaber. That's what I want to see. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the the new adventures of Ray and, and Finn, like John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, that's what I want to see. I want to see them as the stars of a Star Wars movie. Mm. And Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for Carrie Fisher. I'm excited to see if they uh, reveal how Leia might have used her Jedi powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she's still using them like that. And I think it's it's interesting, too, if like she's a general in the new movie you know I, I don't think she's like turning her back on her force abilities or whatever but like just imagine as a military strategist like how mm-hmm. how beneficial like some really good intuition would be and also the occasional ability to like have that coffee cup come over to you <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was funny when people are like oh Leia's a she's a general in the new movie that's cool. And it's like, yeah, but they make everybody a general in the rebellion. It's like, yeah. they, I feel like that's like that title is not worthy enough for somebody who's been in the rebellion for 30 years. Yeah, sure. there are like three Ewok generals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love that when they release that image of all of them, like all the, the rebellion generals or whatever in the new movie. I would love that there was like an Ewok there. Wicket's in there, yeah. Yeah, like with a cape on, like one of Londo's capes. Oh. <laughs> a little awesome. best. Yeah, a little vest. <laughs> Just all these medals pinned to his chest. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Yeah. Or if he's like a pilot on an X-Wing and like he has to sit on like seven pillows to fly that thing. That'd be awesome. Oh. <laughs> well, let's just say, Christina, where can people find you on the internet before we go? Oh, the best place I think to find me is Twitter. I'm the Seawolf. Okay, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> on the Twitter. Oh, yeah, by the way, you can find us on twitter as well we're at headcanon pod and our website page is broswatchpl2.com slash headcanon i think we may have gotten one new review let me just take a quick peek here yeah uh, kyra leanne thank you for the review left us on itunes always appreciate getting reviews so definitely thank you for that yeah so thanks everyone we'll catch you next time bye-bye